Welcome to the Enlighten Up podcast. I'm Lisa Watson and will be joined by my co-host Nicole Frolic and Brian Koenigberg. The Enlighten Up podcast is a weekly show that provides an unconventional and refreshing spin on spirituality, where three friends and weekly guests share informative, fun, and usually off-the-wall conversations. Unlike others, we provide fringe and skeptical viewpoints on all topics, because our experience has taught us that the echo chamber is a boring place from which to learn. So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, we can promise you, you're going to find a place to fit in here. So we invite you to grab a drink and listen in on our casual, entertaining, and hopefully enlightening conversation. And Enlighten Up is a self-funded podcast. So if you would like to help us to continue to be able to produce, enhance, and expand the show for our audience, then please send your support using the link in the show notes or go to our website, lightenup.us, and check out our merchandise shop where you can purchase merchandise that will allow you to express some spiritual humor. You may also show your support by leaving us a review on iTunes and following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting us. And now let's jump right into the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. We are excited to bring back a dear friend who is definitely part of our soul fam here at the Enlighten Up podcast, Marcus Spellbound. He was on our show a year and a half or so ago and had quite the interesting journey to share with us. Today, he's going to let us know what has transpired since he was last on the podcast and Give us an update of everything that's been going on on his journey. There's been a lot of growth. Marcus, welcome back. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. Good, good to have you. Lisa, yeah, welcome. I'm excited to have you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Marcus, we, um, we actually got to meet in person on the Waves of Light Cruise, all of us. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was really that was special. Fun. Yeah, that was really nice. So thank you so much for coming back on because your journey is a very special one. And it's also really nice to have you on the show to share your truth. Uh, I think one of the things that, you know, this podcast has done for all three of us is strengthen our voice in sharing our authentic selves. And you coming on the show is an opportunity for you to do that for everyone out there. Right. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. Um, so, yeah, previously I was a guest last February, and I told myself I would never speak publicly again. Of, <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> it was like, such a great experience for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, just I had so much, uh, I just, for how much shame I had for myself and how low I could view myself. But since then, I'm much more confident in the person I am today. And, and like you, I agree, it's important to speak my truth. And you were, yeah, so for the listeners, if you want to listen to Marcus's episode, it was in February of 2018, not this year. So Marcus, what was it like for you after you aired that episode? What was the reception with friends and family? Uh, well, the fa my family was really supportive. Um, my friends as well, even though they're not into um, these sorts of subjects, they were very, uh, they were very supportive of me. And um, yeah, I can, I can just do a small recap for people that uh, haven't listened to the last episode. Yeah, go ahead. So yeah, I was, um, I was born and raised in a new age group. 
doing channeling and all sorts of practices before I reached grade one. And there were many experiences like me and my family had throughout our entire life. And it's diff and like I was saying, it's difficult to bring up these subjects or spirituality to my close circle of friends. And it wasn't until my mid, I'd say mid twenties that I became a spiritual Christian and then had many types of different experiences. And I just wanted to touch on this part quickly though, because most people listening might've had the opposite background. And when I call myself a spiritual Christian, I never went to church. It's more of a one-on-one -on -one relationship. And I don't think people can interpret the Bible with like a human mind. Um, you have to replace yourself and your humanity with God's mind, emotion, and will. And so my take is different because I think there's so much more to life from my past experiences. So mostly I take whatever works for me, like an amalgamation of things, and I'm still learning and open to many ideas and possibilities. And, uh, but back to the recap, I suffered from extreme depression and self-hatred. It was so bad that I attempted suicide and had a divine intervention right after all my experiences and connection to any of the spiritual world was taken away. I also used to dream every single night as a child and that was taken away as well. And so I felt lost and this continued for a few years. And then later we became friends and you had me on the podcast. And then right after Nicole, you stepped into the role of being my mentor and life coach. And that's where I left off from the last time I was on. Yeah, we've been working together um, ever since, just kind of helping you kind of guide through your emotions and what you've been feeling and a lot of the uh, triggers and programming that's been coming up for you. Right. So what was coming up for you immediately after the podcast aired? Well, um, well the first thing is, even to this day, even though I say like I'm more confident in the person I am today, I am, but I still haven't gone back to listen to it myself, <laughs> but I think I'll get over that. I'll get over that part soon. It's just this thing I have, but. I don't think um, any of us enjoyed listening to ourselves when we first started airing <laughs> the podcast. I'm the I same guess. way. I don't like to listen to myself. I haven't even listened to a single episode. <laughs> Except for when I have it on speaker and I'm playing it. And he says, who is that? I'm like, that's you. And he goes, oh my gosh, that's how I sound? <laughs> yeah, that's the way I feel. But I think everyone does, like, yeah. when you first hear your voice recorded. Yeah, it's definitely um, universal. Mm -hmm. So, but, um, but that's not why you didn't want to listen to the episode, I take it. Not because you were self-conscious about how you sounded. Yeah, that well, that was a that was a portion of it, but the other part was, yeah, I just I exposed a lot about myself, and I don't know, I wasn't in a very good state at that time, and so I just, yeah, I put it out there for my my friends and family. They know a lot of, about myself in that way, but I don't know. It just felt weird to speak publicly about it, but I don't feel shame for it anymore. So I just think it's part of my journey now. You know, when I've gone through periods of my life where I've like journaled and 
I end up throwing away all these journals and stuff if I go back and read them because I'm like, I've moved past that. I'm not that person anymore. And it's just, it's even hard to read. I'm like, I read it and I'm like, this isn't, this is just crazy. Like what was going on in my mind then? And I just will throw it away. <laughs> oh my the, God. But the had- process, going through the process is what gets you to that point of change, right? Oh yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I've had the same experience, Lisa, where I've read back on some of my journals and I'm thinking, holy crap, how did anyone date me? <laughs> like, I was, like, I was cray-cray. I was- journal, he's so dreamy. <laughs> That's how I imagine Nicole's journal. <laughs> Maybe at 12. But um, so take us to... Uh, your waves of light experience when you were coming on the cruise and how that was for you? Uh, yeah, it was really nice. Um, it's difficult to put myself out there and I had to step out of my comfort zone, but it was well worth it. Like I, I met like-minded people. I was drawn to the ones who were more accepting of me. Also meeting all of you guys in person and getting to know our friend Jeremy. And I had a great one-on-one with Brian, actually, and learned from him. <laughs> Ooh. Smoking, smoking cigars. Yeah, drinking whiskey and smoking cigars. It's when the best stuff comes out. <laughs> and so, yeah, we went to uh, Tulum and uh, visited the pyramids. And so the trip was a very amazing experience. What was, when you said that you were, you were hanging out with people who accepted you, talk about that a little bit. Who, like, you don't have to say who you weren't feeling accepted by, but what was some of the feelings you were experiencing with those who you didn't feel accepted by? Well, I am a little bit of an outsider, even within, amongst my peers. I just, I think differently. Sometimes people don't know how to read me. And so sometimes I can be very shy until people are willing to kind of let me in. So some people were very, uh, you know, nice to me and very open and I could engage in a lot of discussion and dialogue and felt comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you know, everyone was there for their own reason, their personal growth and their own journey. So, yeah, it was just, I felt drawn to some people that, you know, were more open to me and were willing to give me a chance. What was the part in Tulum that really was the most amazing part to you? I think doing the um, the group uh, meditation and chant. Right, and we had about, we what, 40... 40- 50 people, Nicole? Uh, there were 40 of us on that actual uh, trip. So that means 39 people were a part of the, the chant. <laughs> yes, because Brian did not participate. <laughs> <laughs> he received across most. Yeah. But we I also in a circle. Yeah, somebody had hands. to take pictures of you to, so you could show <laughs> people, hey, we actually did this. So, you know, I had to sacrifice. Thank you, Brian. You're so kind. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I like people were, you know, probably wondering what was going on or 
you know, viewing us, but I didn't feel scared or intimidated or anything. I just felt like one, like we were all just one. So that was a nice experience there. And what changed for you, though, like coming into that experience, how you felt about yourself and how you felt about interacting with people uh, in the real life uh, to when you left? What was the difference for you? Well, I started, I'm just going to go back a little bit because I started building up my strength, doing some practices with you. And it started helping me, I think, for the trip as well. And part of it was getting in touch with my inner child, like nurturing him, separating the ego, time traveling, which is going back to specific moments in my life to heal them. And probably my favorite is automatic writing. And I've always known about it as a child, but thought I wasn't capable but the way you described it made it possible for anyone to do. And so I felt like I was already becoming kind of stepping more into myself and having more confidence and building myself up. And then the ways of light trip, it was just a total different experience. Like I've never traveled kind of out there on my own. So it was, it was nice to throw myself out there and, and see what happens. And, um, so yeah, we went to the waves of light and then coming back, I wanted to be more open and honest about myself without fear. And so the odd person in my life knew that I was a Trump supporter, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I wanted to free myself from feeling shame for it. So I spoke, I like, I basically became a conservative right after Obama's first election because I was a big Obama supporter. And then when I found out, you know, nothing really changed between him and Bush, it made me kind of, it made me flip around. And uh, so my dad knew, my brother knew, some, some friends knew, but I really wanted to kind of free myself from this. And especially because Trump is so divisive. So I spoke to some family and friends who, who didn't know while I was staying with some family members in Toronto after the Ways of Light trip. And some of them were supportive and they said they kind of felt that way and they felt like they'll still support me no matter what. But when I got back home from British Columbia or back home to British Columbia, the reaction of some friends was harsh. They kept calling me a Nazi and racist and like all sorts of things. And then they got other people in our circle to team up against me and basically excommunicated me from the group and, uh, yeah and so i thought these friends knew the type of person i am and i know this is top clearance information but i'm half brown i'm half uh, hungarian and east indian and well i have some uh pennsylvanian dutch which is german but that does not make me a nazi and so i don't know i kept getting called these names and I know it was very heated at the time because coming back from the trip, the uh, Covington kids incident just happened. Okay. And there, yeah, so there was like a huge outrage of people and celebrities wanting to hurt these kids that wore the Trump hats. And uh, yeah, so these personal attacks caused tremendous heartache. I lost friends. I was scared and didn't know what to do. 
it's this idea of um you know it's coming out and just being your authentic self right now is hard when you want to express different ideas or ways of perceiving the world or perceiving certain situations and to, and to then be labeled and grouped into certain things that a lot of the media has uh, propagated into the minds of people to associate things with. So it's, it's a very traumatic thing to go through. I don't think a lot of people realize it when you're just trying to express a different opinion or a different way of looking at something. And despite knowing you almost probably your entire life and the kind of person you are, knowing you're not a racist, you're probably one of the most loving and sweetest and gentle souls I've ever met. Um, to put that on you just because of a political belief is it's very traumatic. It's really hard to take on. I went through the same thing on Facebook when I wasn't even a Trump supporter. I was a nothing supporter. I was just like, oh, wow, there's a lot of, it's just when he was being inaugurated. Um, I was like, wow, there's just a lot of hatred being thrown at this person. And when from an energetic standpoint, I knew that, you know, if you continue to create more energy of hatred towards something, it's never going to solve anything. It's just going to create more of that. And my post was more in line of like, maybe we should send something more positive, more positive type energy and, and, and hope and pray that this man does something good with it, you know? And I got completely uh, attacked on Facebook as well. And it hurt me deeply. I remember crying my uh, girlfriend roommate at the time, like she was trying to hug me. I just didn't understand why people were treating me so horribly. People who I'd known for tens of years um, family members defriending me on Facebook, uh, friends who I thought were my family telling me I, like, suggesting I had a mental disorder. It's extremely um, disheartening and eye-opening to what happens when you challenge um, those kind of ideas. So it, it can be very hurtful. It's a really great first step into you know, coming out no matter what it is, what it could be your sexual affiliation or your political affiliation, but just saying, you know, this is just who I am and, and how difficult that can be. But how it is. Brave. It, it, takes, it takes bravery. And I think and once you get past that, I bet now, Marcus, it's like everything else seems more like downhill from there, right? <laughs> yeah. It was liberating for you, you, you were telling me. Yeah, it, it was. And well, I guess at first I wasn't um, used to the attacks. And so that night when they all when they all turned on me and called me these names, I kind of like you, Nicole, I was just I was very emotional. I, um, I stayed in bed and cried that night. And I prayed sincerely for God from help for like help from God, for my guides and anything on my side willing to help. And then I had a, a dream that night. And since the attempt on my life years before, all my dreams were taken away and any spiritual experience. But I had a dream that I was a tribal person in my gear and weapons in an ancient time. And I was in a village near a forest in a little valley area next to a body of water. And there was a, a mountain on the other side. 
and I had in my pouch a small triangular relic. And all of a sudden our village became attacked by this other group of people and these beastly dogs. And for some reason I knew that they were looking for the object that I had. And these people, like all the people in my village kept getting slaughtered. I was fighting back and anytime I made the wrong move, went the wrong direction or died, it started from the beginning and it happened over and over until finally I figured out I had to fight my way to the water and then swim to the other side to reach the mountain. And uh, so waking up the next day, I asked Lisa for a light language reading, which gets translated by our friend Didi. And I didn't, I didn't explain anything because I wanted whatever comes up to be raw and not influence. And then that night I had a very similar dream that kept resetting. And I received the light language email in the morning and was amazed because it was about me being part of an ancient tribe of a group that was almost like a version of the Navy SEALs who'd be sent on missions, describe my surroundings. And I don't know how the light language works, but the readings from Lisa are, are powerful. Well, Didi really taps into my light language and, and she's... She's always spot on, I'll tell you. Yeah, she's, <laughs> some of the readings that, Le the light language that Lisa's done for me and then the readings that come through with Dee Dee attached are just extremely, mm -hmm. like you can't even make this stuff up. Like it's so spot on. And then of course, Lisa's light language also is very heart opening and can stimulate a lot of um, emotional and even physical responses from listening to it. Yeah, so it, that was very eye-opening for me and because I started dreaming again as well. And I felt when I attempted suicide, how all my spiritual experiences were taken away, all my dreams, I thought it was because for some reason I thought I did something wrong. But I, I realized later, I think, I think you mentioned it in the last podcast, but it was just time that I needed a break from everything. Yeah. So that I could take care of myself. And so you hadn't been dreaming at all until you finally like came out and then was attacked for it. Yeah. It took um, me coming out as a Trump supporter. <laughs> <laughs> for your dreams to come back. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Just standing yeah. in your truth. You yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. Like regardless of what it is, it's just like you, you were brave. You faced your fears. Mm -hmm. And you stood tall and you just expressed yourself in the way that was very authentic to you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I, on the third night, uh, about, you know, while I'm back home at British Columbia, the third night, maybe around 3am, I had my first out of body experience. And I stepped out of my body and I saw myself there. And I could hear what the radio was playing in real time. And for some reason, I, I thought I was just going to the washroom. So I started walking towards the washroom. But I noticed that the halls were much longer and deeper and black. And it went into this like almost like black pit area that I, I couldn't see. So I got, I was really scared. And I, I had jumped back into my body and woke myself up. And, uh, so that was the first time and probably only time I've ever had an out-of-body experience. And then um, later I went back to sleep and 
I dreamt I was at some sort of beach house with Nicole and the living room had sand in it. And she told me that she'll be right back and went upstairs. And she brought down in her hands these huge ancient pages separated in two piles, one bigger than the other. And the pages were on fire and burned very slowly and gently without being consumed. And she put one of them on a small wooden table and one of them uh, beside the other one on a wooden chair. And I took out my camera because I wanted to take a picture, but all I could see was the wooden table and the chair and I realized I was in a dream. So after um, I woke up and I didn't go back to sleep because it was a lot to take in. And our friend Didi says it's my life books being put together. And ever since, like every single night I've been dreaming. And so, yeah, I don't know. After that trip, after Waves of Light, I've been dreaming every single night. That's amazing. And, you know, we just had um, a guest on talking about lucid dreaming and all that. So the dreaming is another part of our reality. Like it's another part of our, it's another reality where our consciousness is playing basically living and experiencing doing all that it's just when we're dreaming a lot of times we're not completely conscious unless we're lucid dreaming and bringing in that consciousness so it's beautiful that you're kind of experiencing that ability to have that part brought back into your life right and um it's interesting because more recently i've had a dream of people that passed on and then I've had an experience when it wasn't a dream and I it was it's um what's the date today October 17th it was um September 27th I was staying with some family near uh, the Portland area and I've never been to that house before it was my uncle and his son's house and I was sleeping on their couch and it was nighttime and uh, so I, I, I was going to bed and this was a dream, but it was interesting because there was all these people surrounding me that I've never seen before, like of all generations, men, women, children, and they kept telling me we were here before and they just kept repeating this message and then they started having a conversation, but they wanted me to be involved in the conversation. So they kept trying to wake me up and like, so they would grab my legs, put, put them on their lap. They kept turning me over. They grabbed my arms and just kept pulling me over and trying me to get me to engage in the conversation. But I was just too tired and I kept looking at them and then just turning over and trying to go back to sleep. And I didn't think too much of it. I, d I didn't speak to my family members about it because I don't know um, what these ones feel about these types of subjects. But just the night before, or actually like in the morning, yesterday morning, it was 6 a.m. And I started feeling this almost something kind of bouncing from top to the bottom of my bed right beside me, just kept jumping up and down. And I looked and it was a little child. And he grabbed my hand and he could barely reach his little fingers around my hand but for some reason he showed like great strength and could lift my entire hand up and then he looked at me and I could see all the details of his shirt I could see his hair but for some reason the details of the face were very unclear 
it was almost dark. And this one, I was a little bit scared. I, I didn't know what to do because I was awake at the time. And I threw my hand out and I just, I tried to go back. He disappeared and I tried to go back to sleep, but I was just tossing and turning the entire night. And my mom is a medium. So I, I'm wondering if something is opening up in me that could be uh, linked to her. Linked to your mom? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it's linked to your mom, but uh, your mediumship is turning on. So um, you're going to be communicating more and more with uh, those who've passed on. I, I used to be a large. And uh, after working with Nicole, now I'm a medium. <laughs> you're such a jerk. <laughs> I thought he was going to say, I talk to dead people. I know. <laughs> We knew it was one one of those. Uh, we so, apologize, Marcus. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, you've been opening up so much ever since you've really kind of stepped into your own truth and honored like who you are and your own belief systems and uh, giving yourself a voice that you've been you've been doing a lot of work. I mean, Lisa and I can vouch for it. You've been doing a lot of self-healing, self-work. You've been meditating a lot. You've been going into a lot of the old programs and rewriting it with rewriting over them through affirmations and visualizations. So it's no surprise to me that more of your intuitive gifts are coming online right now for you. Yes. I feel this one thing that happened to me, I feel was almost like um, an initiation into all of it. Um, it was an experience I had while I was awake in mid-July, and I'm not sure what to make of it, but it was nighttime, and I went to my room to do a deep meditation, and when I meditate or pray, I put all my focus, energy, and emotion into it, so tears fell down my face, and I was praying, asking, asking my guides for help, and in my room, there's a smoke alarm, and the moon shines very brightly through my curtain so I can clearly see everything in my room and as I opened my eyes there was were these thick pattern lines coming from each side of my face and meeting to a point in the middle and centered in the middle was this pulsating light and all of a sudden the lines stopped and started waving towards me almost like a fan and then afterwards I could see these silhouettes of all these tall beings around my room looking at me they were tall enough that they were touching my ceiling. And then one of them came to the side of my bed and kneeled over me, watching me. And there wasn't a sense of fear, but I felt peaceful and calm. And I was able to shut my eyes and fall asleep. But ever since then, I noticed my um, spiritual experiences have been like heightened or enhanced. And I feel like I'm getting a connection more with uh, the other world. Yeah, my take is that you're connect, you're honoring your connection to your own self, which is allowing the connection to everything else around you to build stronger. Like you're doing so much work on the inside, so that it has to start um, um, mirroring and appearing on the outside through your experiences. And that's how I was before with all my past experiences. I know, you know. I have to have faith and all that. 
but the only way I knew I was on the right track or doing something right, I would have some type of spiritual experience. And that's how I knew I was doing something right. But I do, like you're saying, I put so much focus and I, I do it constantly, just praying, meditating, just working on myself, self-healing. And so it is, I am getting results from it. I know the work I've done. I know one of the things you felt a lot is if you feel alone, you know, uh, do you feel like having these experiences, especially with these beings being in your room, do you, and, and realizing that now and to, as a medium, being able to connect with um, people who've passed on, are you feeling less alone or is that not really weighing in on anything for you? It, it gives me a sense of comfort. I guess knowing that there is something out there on my side watching out for me and I might not fully understand it or what it is, but, but I don't feel alone in that sense. Even when I do in the human world at times, I know that there's something on my side that wants me to kind of keep pushing forward. Have, have you considered that it might not be the quote unquote other side that you might be seeing other realities or other worldly beings you know you describe them as tall yes people that are touching your ceiling and that doesn't necessarily jive with the other side to me (laughs) it doesn't it jives with the tall gray yeah it, it could very well be um i never put a name on it or never thought of it in that way but you could be right just the way they looked, I guess. But yeah, no, it it doesn't sound like they were those beings were people who passed on. To me, they were entities of other realms. Well, they say your inner child holds all your intuitive gifts that we come, you know, into this life with them, but shut them down pretty quickly. So I can see how, you know, just speaking your truth and living your truth and that where suddenly you're that's when your gifts are going to start to come in when you let go of the ego and let your higher self come into the body. (laughs) And you've had a lot of, uh, like your journey has been, you've always said that you felt like you were really in tune with your feminine energy, but your masculine energy has been like a struggle for you. Yes. So this was, this was something I wanted to share that, might be a bit controversial but I think it's important to understanding my journey and an important message so from the last podcast I explained how I was naturally connected to the divine feminine part of myself you know I'm touching my feelings very compassionate gentle and expressive and um, so what happened is last year the Brett Kavanaugh hearing happened And there was such an outspoken hatred towards men. Uh, Women were throwing bleach on random guys' crotches. These videos came out saying all men are rapists. And even to this day, I know people personally who tell me men have had their chance and it's time for women to take over. And I already felt like I didn't belong in this world. And it made me feel like I had no place being here. It was almost as if I was in injured animal looking for shelter and 
So these messages are being pushed in social media, entertainment, advertising, news, politically everywhere. And it can get very convoluted with all the smoke being blown in today's society. And that's why I'm grateful, Nicole, you, you bring up this subject because there doesn't seem to be many women, especially in the spiritual community, being able to shine a light on this matter. And so I grew up knowing you should always judge people by the content of their character. And it's not about taking away any horrible experiences women went through, but to have real equality and not showing hatred to an entire group. So I had to take a step back from everything and get in touch with my masculine side. And how has that been for you, getting in touch with the masculine side? It's, well, I found, I found a positive male role model online who helps teach what it means to be a man in today's world while still showing the values and morals I always had. And through that and Nicole's guidance, it helped me to find harmony and balance between the divine feminine and masculine. Mm -hmm. It brought more confidence and inner strength, having better direction and clarity. And I've learned to focus more on being the best of all aspects of myself. My entire energy level shifted and I feel I can be more of a leader. And also I feel I'm connecting to my higher self and becoming who I was meant to be. You have experienced from everything that you've shared with me it's interesting because you're through your journey it seems that you experience a lot of interaction with women who are very much in their wounded masculine um very aggressive uh kind you know just not definitely not exhibiting um the more healthy masculine traits and it's interesting to hear your story and and how you know we all call in things to our lives for things that we're supposed to learn and force us to pay attention to more and all that what has been your experience with these interactions in helping you understand who you are and strengthen your own masculinity well at first I would give value to the way they treated me or the way they would speak about me, even though I knew it wasn't true. But I thought if they're treating me like this or acting this way towards me, that there must be something to it. And, you know, I've never shown any hatred or ill will or deceit or anything like that. And so at first I was very much down on myself but it, it helped me to learn that it's not them or it's not me it's uh them that was the issue that i just had to give more value and thought of who i am and what i am and because i know that i'm a good person and i know that i do the right thing when i can and so it's helped me to kind of mature and be you know be more like more of a leader like I was saying I guess I think this message of um you know 
bringing in more love and being more accepting of one another and our own journeys that we have to go on and not trying to fit everyone into some sort of box or labels that help us understand or comprehend who they are uh, is, is a huge journey that many people are witnessing right now before them. It seems to be ever present in society of, you know, it's interesting because <clears throat> I feel I've always been, you know, someone, even as a kid, I was always the kind of kid that wanted to stick up for the underdog. And um, it's always kind of been my thing. And, you know, I feel now that in, in the last 10 years or so, especially, probably more, but in the last 10 years, the masculine has really been the underdog in a way and are getting bullied by women who are in their wounded masculine, uh, not understanding that they're not empowering the, their own femininity, but moving more into wounded masculine, because that's what a lot of our, the society that we've grown up in has influenced women to believe is where their power lies. And so with the I think it's important that those of us women who are more aware of that this idea of empowerment doesn't come from taking something away from someone else, but creating it within yourself uh, is important to remember because this idea that you were being told that it was men's time and now it's women's time to take the power we don't ever want to be in a push and pull tug of war kind of situation energetically when we're trying to find balance. It shouldn't be about taking power away from men. It should just be about reclaiming your own power, recreating it within yourself and allowing everyone to stand in their own power equally. Right. And you're right. It does stem from quite a while ago that this movement is kind of pushed forward. And I feel now we're, witnessing the results of that like there was a need it was necessary for a time but it's just pushed over so much that the overton windows just moved over a little bit too much and um i guess i guess people are projecting their own experience into it when explaining the male side of things i feel in a lot of these even in some spiritual communities and i know a lot of men fall into it and want to agree but that's the easy route and not the direction we're meant to take as a collective. Mm -hmm. And we have to honor both sides. And that's the way I feel anyway. Do you feel like men in general are being represented in an, um, like in an honest and fair way from what you've been experiencing in your own life? No. And, you know, I can throw other groups and categories into that as well, but I'm not doing that. I'm just focused on men <laughs> right now, but I feel there's this just, you know, people trying to one up each other and trying to get one over on each other. And I don't see how that's helping any of the situation. It's just causing more division. And um, so many people are using anger and intimidation to get their point across, forcing people through fear tactics. And my whole thing is you have to be the best version of yourself you can be to make real change. And it spreads and you have to lead by example, just as you have done for me. And showing love is a more powerful force that breaks all the barriers. And some of these activists have attacked me online for saying this, calling me everything from a milk chugger to Hitler's little helper. 
but <laughs> but it's a sword I'm willing to fall on. But also have to keep in mind that everything that is in our reality is a projection of something that's inside of us. So if we're bringing these situations and these people into our world, we have to take responsibility for that. We have to be able to look at that and say, you know, why am I bringing this into my world? What is it that I, what is this teaching me? What is this showing me that's in myself that I need to look at? What shadow aspect of me is this, you know, is this showing me and take responsibility for every aspect and and stop projecting onto everybody else? Right. I think what it's shown me and what it's taught me to be more connected with my masculine side, to know and to to honor that side, because I see this online. I like sometimes I won't I don't say anything for the for the longest time. I would never stand up to anything or trying to share messages of like trying to spread love and unity and stuff. I would never say anything. I would just watch people just attack, attack, attack. And, it, you know, but I notice um, that Nicole's courage has rubbed off on me and she shows her strength and conviction to people the truth when dealing with them online. So it's influenced me to not be scared or hurt by social shame. And yeah, what, I, what I'm saying is to me is right and needs to be said so that people wake up to their own hypocrisy and ask themselves, where is the love? And I'm not a defender. I'm not like a raw, raw person, but I feel that if I don't say anything, then I'm not helping the situation. Well, That's just my personal voice. experience. Yeah. You're using your voice and you're speaking your truth. But if you're being attacked by people or, you know, somebody is being attacked, you have to ask yourself, you know, maybe where am I attacking myself? Like, what is this showing me about myself? And how can I where how can I look inside? Because the answers are never outside of us. They're always inside of us. And that's where we're gonna gain the most traction in this, you know, road to enlightenment is continually just looking inside and, and seeing, understanding that our life is truly just a mirror reflection. Sure, I think that's absolutely true. But I also think that these opportunities that come up where, you know, are, are exactly that. They're opportunities that perhaps some of the reasons why these attacks are happening. I think, Marcus, you've done a lot of growth through that of understanding how you were so attacking on your own self and these people who were attacking you throughout your life since, especially even since you committed, you tried to commit suicide, uh, that you, it brought into your own awareness of how little you thought of yourself and that that mirroring effect was happening. But I also think it's also it can also present as opportunities, like you said, to speak your truth and not shy away from it. And perhaps when you finally speak your truth and defend, your, defend yourself in a loving way, not in a way that is accusatory or anything, but just to completely speak your truth in the most honest and authentic way, that that could be the very thing that stops some of the attacking because the lesson was there to, there for you to start speaking up. Absolutely. It gives, it gives you that opportunity, but you just want to make sure that you're understanding and taking responsibility for the entire thing and showing up with love, love for yourself, love for others, love for, you know, the, the whole situation and, and how you're showing up to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And so Marcus has been like a really good example of, um, you know, listening to your journey, Marcus, and uh, helping you through all of the things that you've been facing has really opened my eyes to uh, the wounding in a lot of the feminine uh, that's still there. Uh, It's interesting because like, you know, you were saying, Lisa, you don't call into what, into your awareness, what isn't, you know, going on inside of you. And I, some of the things that women have done to you and said to you, um, and tried to sabotage you with blows my mind. Sometimes I didn't even know people were capable of this stuff just in a general sense, you know, you, and so it's been interesting to hear what you've had to overcome and grow from and strengthen within yourself. And it's a really good example of how we we're all have our own individual journeys and we don't know what any of us is really going through when we try to understand or not understand, I should say, but when we look at someone, for instance, when you get attacked and called all these names, no one knows what you're going through. No one knows your journey. And we always have to kind of step back and keep that in mind. I think I saw an Instagram the other day of um, this long line and a small portion of it is like what people see on your journey. And then the whole rest of the line is what no one will ever see. And so to try to keep that in mind. Right. And I'm always trying to be aware of that when I'm dealing with people. That's why I'm not attacking them because I feel if you just attack them, they're not going to receive it well. They're just going to defend themselves and want to react. So, and I know that everyone has their own journey and and has been through their own hardships. So that's why I do want to spread the message of trying to come together through this and, you know, trying to learn from one another. And I know I'm still learning myself and I know I have a lot more to learn, even doing some deep diving within myself. So but that's just the stage where I'm at now. And I do feel we are, it's becoming more aware in the public eye of maybe we're going too hard on this, that maybe we need to ease up, ease the brakes a little bit and think about it. (laughs) So um, I'm just, I'm curious about kind of where the future will be for all of us and for myself too, in my own journey. But I feel more confident in the person I am today And I'm just, yeah, I'm just happy to be where I am right now and wherever it leads. You've made great progress. And it's so great to have you back on the show over, it's almost, I guess it's been like a year and eight months or something. And uh, just to, to see the changes in you and the confidence, it's, it's, it's great. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. So what's, what's your what's present in your journey right now that is one of your biggest challenges? (laughs) Um, I guess for me, it's still finding a relationship. I'm still working on that, but I haven't put myself out there too much, but I've done, I tried a little bit in uh, April, but I took a step back and and kept working on myself because I realized there was a lot more work that needed to be done. But it's just this whole, I feel like I'm not built for this, um, the way the dating world is, where people are just hooking up with each other. And, you know, I'm looking for a companionship. I'm not looking for that 
type of relationship with random people. But you you want something uh, that's like a pure heart. Yeah. And it's hard to find that on these days I find. But I don't know. It'll it'll fall into place I think eventually. Yeah, and I think too that even if you find yourself feeling like you still have work to do, maybe you shouldn't be in relationship. I don't think that's a, tr- you know, I think you learn so much about yourself when you're in relationship as well. And so as much as it's important to do your own work, you could be learning something in relationship that you would never learn on your own. Right. And I do believe that. Relationships are definitely our greatest teachers. Mm. <laughs> Indeed. Safe relationships is where you find yeah. healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so <laughs> what have you, um, what have you realized about yourself through the dating process that you've done so far? Well, I've learned to not take things too personal. Um, you know, for example, if I'm saying something really nice and kind of going out of my way and just doing a genuine nice message, sometimes it's received wrong and they think, oh, like, is that a copy and paste? And like this and that. So I'm just trying to, I'm still trying to be true to who I am. And uh, I've gone out a few times, but I'm just, um, I guess I'm building that confidence. Mm-hmm. And I know even if I'm not meeting the right person, that's for me, each each person I meet, it's more of a, of a test for myself to kind of move forward and see the type of person that I want to be with. So yeah, so it's, it's kind of building a, a, almost like a resume in a way, <laughs> a little yeah. checklist. Putting into action everything you've learned mm-hmm. and then allowing that to show you what else is to be learned. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dating. Don't worry. I hold the same same thoughts as you. Dating is not what it used to be now that we're in the age of digital digital dating. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's such a disconnection. Um, but I guess, you know, like that's just another hurdle for all of us to overcome, something to show us the disconnection we've created within ourselves. So it's um it's all it's all part of the plan. Again, it's that pendulum swinging, you know, mm-hmm. way, way off just so that we can see. It's like it has to go all the way the other way so we can recognize it and see it. And then it can start coming back again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do people even meet in public places anymore? Gosh. <laughs> Seriously. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> I hope so. I hope people do. I met my wife in a public place. Yes, true. It's true. Yes. It is harder. It is harder. I, and I think too, like depending on your um, your lifestyle, because for me, I'm very much a homebody and I work from home. And so if I'm not like at the very least making efforts to go to a coffee shop and work, or I could be at home a lot. And I've also realized like when I go out for drinks with you guys and our friends, I'm just so involved in like what's going on with us. I don't pay any attention to what's going on around us. Sure. And uh, so, uh, whereas like in my twenties, I remember I'd be like scoping out the room, seeing who might be hot, who's like worth (laughs) like saying hello to. I don't do any of that anymore. Well, that's nice. You could, 
that you have the apps and things like that because you can be home in your pajamas and <laughs> well, at the same time. It's true. <laughs> Got to focus on the positives. Yeah. Well, Marcus, is there any message that you would like to leave the audience with that you've really kind of understood and you think it's important to bring into the awareness of our listeners? Um, I just think, I guess for myself, I've always felt, um, you know, people treated me a little bit differently or they didn't know what to make of me. And, you know, sometimes people can feel like an outsider. My close circle of friends who really get me, they'll do anything for me. They'll, they like love me to death. And, you know, there's probably that odd person out there who feels that way. Maybe they, they're still trying to find themselves and find who they are. And I guess my message is just to not give up and just keep looking forward. And even if it's not good today, it doesn't mean it won't be good tomorrow. And you always have something to look forward to in life. Well said. Well said. And I think, too, it's important for people to understand. I really believe that because you started creating that connection back to yourself, that you've been able to create and you've been doing it in a very um, authentic and genuine way, like really putting a lot of value into that. You've been able to create more connections around you and expanding those connections, you know, through when you went to the waves of light cruise and through some online connections and um, various groups, things like that. I think that's an example of you working on the connection to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes, I believe that. So it does show up. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Marcus, for being on the show and being so courageous enough to share your story again and speak your truth. I know it's not easy and uh, just want to say thank you for having the courage to do that today. You're welcome. And we'll see what happens a couple of years from now <laughs> where I am. And don't forget to listen to the episode. Yeah. I, uh, this time I will. <laughs> <laughs> and go back and listen to that first one yes. and you'll be like wow i've grown so much yeah it's a good point no yeah. judgment no judgment you are very different from that first episode the way you speak everything you you're carrying a lot more confidence i think it would be good for you to listen to that and hear yourself because it will really ground into this reality for you how much progress you've made Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. Good. Thank you all for joining our show. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests you would like to hear on our show, please email that information to us at info at enlightenup.us. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you're interested in contacting Nicole or myself for some coaching or any of the other services we provide, you can find out more about Nicole at inflexibleme.com and my website is lisaloveslove.com. Thank you again for joining us and supporting our show, and we will be back with you all next week.